0: Welcome to Bitch Talk, News and interviews straight from the heart of Japan Town in San Francisco. We are live at another film festival. The first we ever. We can't stop. It's an can't. addiction
1: at this point. Twenty
0: nineteen is all about film
1: festivals. It's about saying yes, I guess. We just yes say to it yes. It all. Yeah,
0: but this is the uh, the first ever Coven Film Festival, which is so fucking cool. And thank you to our friend Melinda Fox
1: i love mobile i love the name i love the concept melinda fox or coven fest melinda fox is also (laughs) that's that's a name of someone that's destined for greatness let's be honest (laughs)
0: she'd like to think so and i'd like to think so so we are here to support her and um and, and thank you for we met her back at mill valley film festival when we um hosted one of the panels at the mind the gap um event and we just hit it off and she remembered us. She was supposed to go to Sundance and we were talking about uh, sharing a room with her. She didn't end up doing that because she was, you know, producing her own film festival in
1: 3 months. Yeah. So. Uh, but we were we decided that we would totally be down to share a room with her at Sundance because we already all share the same haircut. We so, what's what's sharing just, a room after it's that? It's just a
0: natural
1: progression. Yeah. Think, From hair each to room. Sandwiches. sandwiches.
0: <laughs> Anyways, uh, We're hearkening back to a really long uh, episode, a long time ago. Anyways,
1: and for those of you that don't know what the Cub and Film Festival is, which is all of you because this is the first yeah. one ever, yeah. uh, it's a spotlighting female directors uh, in the Bay Area and around the world, and specifically for shorts. Yes, and not
0: shorts is what you wear, but short films.
1: Y- you can wear shorts. That's fine, but it's kind of cold. <laughs> but yes, short short. And all the ones that films. we've seen, holy shit! Yeah. How I'm many impressed. times have you cried? I'm going to guess three.
0: Mm, yeah, sure. Just for one. But I was also, for one, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> for one of them, yes. for sure, yeah. The other was were uh, a little more lighthearted and or sci-fi.
1: Or sci-fi or, or like Black Mirror-esque, yeah, which was really good, yeah. but kind of made me depressed but also and scared I for I our watch future.
0: Black Mirror, because <laughs> it feels a little too real. Yeah. Um, uh, AI is real, and it's coming for you. Yeah, really well done. Uh, but let's quickly talk about our first night. At Kevin Film Fest mm-hmm. at the Hotel Kabuki.
1: Yeah, they had a happy hour yeah. mixer yes. for filmmakers and such. Yes. And it was so fun.
0: Ange was really um, invested in the food. <laughs> she told Isn't me like, how good all the food was.
1: This sucker came <laughs> full. I don't know. I was coming in I hot, think, like I think ready to go. I'm
0: a little PTSD'd from Sundance. So now I'm like, I got a front load for all these things first because I don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah. But come in, Film Festival, I have to say. Uh,
1: accommodating as fuck.
0: Yes. Accommodating AF. That should be one of their hashtags next year.
1: And I love it because it is a women-focused film festival. So, of course, they're going to fucking take care of you. Melinda was saying they flew in 14 filmmakers. They're housing 19 of them. And she's like, we want you to be fed. We want you to have space. And we want you to be comfortable. And and hospitality is a part of it. And amen to that, sister, because it makes such a difference when you feel appreciated and, and respected for your time. Let
0: me tell you what melinda fox <laughs> and everyone else at kevin <laughs> film festival coffee goes a long way I'm just telling you right now i know you're listening yeah you have no idea and what so a, does the karaage tr-
1: and the well, soba noodles and the whiskey what, what a
0: treat to walk into a room and there's coffee yeah I
1: mean, just saying and every time i walk up to the table i come back with something to eat well, so yeah, there you go. i mean we <laughs> It's we a Filipino thing a, another
0: I mean, you and Char need an intervention, <laughs> but uh, I'm like, you can't take it with you when you die. So I don't know what you're doing.
1: I'm going to eat mean, it the before I die. Part I
0: get But every uh, anyways, that's another basic bitch. But uh, yeah, every time we eat <laughs> and then we go somewhere Ange has like a, a bag full of snacks and she's eating and some I are, eat them and she's so little. I. Hate we just her. shut
1: up. Anyway, I'd like to go back to the party last night. And uh, we go to a lot of different networking events for SF yes. Film, for Camp, Camp Fest, Fest, Jewish and Film And I, I love it. And it's always fun. But there was something different about last night where it wasn't even everything just happened so organically.
0: Well, I also wasn't prepared. I, I'd come off a whole... A whole full week of working. <laughs> Nine to five. And still kind of coming off of Sundance and how crazy that was. It feels like four months ago. Absolutely. And then we came into the space and I was like, okay, cool. We're going to chill a little bit. And usually it's me and Ange like in a corner first. And then, <laughs> then after we drink a little bit, we're like, okay, we'll And go then there's to like one now. person we pick. Yeah, like one that person. That one looks nice. <laughs>
1: yes. They look nice. All or sudden, it's the person that's standing next to the bar because that's normally sh- where that's- I'm positioned.
0: And she has stories about that.
1: <laughs> anyways,
0: and that's when I'm not there. So, um, anyways, then we have like women
1: coming up, just like, "Hi, how are you? What's your name?" I'm and like, "Oh, I wasn't ready." And being so <laughs> fucking eat. interesting yeah. and just easy conversation. Yeah. It was like as soon as I'd shove something in my mouth, <laughs> someone else would be here, and I'd be like, "Oh, you can answer that, Erin. Yeah, you She's got Looking that. at me, I'm like,
0: uh, <laughs> "Okay, I guess I'm yeah. not eating."
1: Yeah, uh, but but it was yeah. The conversation was just so easy, and I'm sorry to say, but not sorry, that when it's a women run, and mainly women event, it's just everything's so easy, mm-hmm. and comfortable, and supportive, and, yeah, and that's not normally how I feel at these networking events. Right,
0: yeah. So, uh, we are posted up in uh, the Hotel Kabuki right now. What you're hearing in the background are filmmakers uh, eating. <laughs> Grubbing on some falafel and we're, Yeah and we're hoping to Catch one or two Or three or four of them And have a quick chat And talk about women in film So Hold tight And we'll see you in a minute I and gotta go get a snack anyway And so Angie needs I'll right to go back. Load up on more snacks I gotta snacks. get my Milano
1: cookie out. Um. Yeah.
0: That And just uh, Don't forget to uh, Visit us at bitchdogpodcast.com. All our episodes Are up there Our socials You can look at our Funny pictures Everything So
1: uh, Hold tight And we'll be right back with director Jody Lauren Miller and uh, the star Jen Ponton of the short Come On In. And I just wanted to say off the top, I think your message came across because I'm a little frightened of you, Jen. Oh, that's You're looking at me, I'm a little worried.
2: Three good feet between us, so (laughs) don't worry. Don't put yourself in my phone. It's
1: all good. So uh, how did you guys hear about the Coven Festival? And and because... it just came into the works in like three to four months. So how did you hear about it and, and congratulations on making
3: it into the first annual. Thank you, do you want me to take that one? yeah please do Okay so uh, we were part of Blue Stocking Film Festival. So uh, we are kind of here with that contingency. Um, a beautiful film festival in Portland, Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got best in show at that deal best actress and bragging a little bit. for, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> for the gang here. Uh, no so we were here at the, with the blue stocking block. Um, so that's kind of our origin story for uh, being here at the Coven. Plus, I mean, my God, you know, Melinda Fox couldn't love her more.
1: She's a rock star. Um, that's why we're here, actually. Yeah, Bitch like, talk.
3: Uh, honestly, couldn't couldn't admire everything she does. Very selfless. Uh, couldn't admire that more. So um, when this was her deal and then with the blue stocking thing mixed in, I mean, we were going to not be here. We're so excited. We were so honored. So yeah. very honored and if
0: you could for our audience kind of describe your film and, and take us through it but maybe not give away any
2: Sure, thing. sure. Um, so Come On In is about a, a lady named Beverly who really just wants a magical relationship in her life. She's looking for that Nora Ephron spark. Um, she's looking for her special someone who finishes her sentences. And so um, we see her discovering that person and falling madly in love with whoever they are. And um, and there, there's a nice big twist that will probably unsettle all of you and your listeners
1: <laughs> <laughs> good i'm hoping is there a part two to this i would watch a feature length with with miss jen at, at the so i
0: want to <laughs> know lead. the the front end the be, the beginning of the story i need the to origin know more. story of beverly
3: yeah. <laughs> oh boy that's a whole so uh we had an amazing screenwriter named Brittany barber um i'm sure Brittany has about five lifetimes uh written for beverly so we won't say <laughs> no we won't say yes, but we won't say no.
1: Well, in the process of making it a short, how do you decide? Okay, this is this should be a short versus a feature, and, and how does that process happen? Uh, because obviously, this bit, is a
3: rich character. Very like we were lucky that Brit. It, it kind of all the stars aligned for us to throw something together. Um, you know, we're we filmmakers. we most of us involved are literally star- starving artists. So, um, you know, a feature, not really possible for the time and the money. Mm-hmm. Um, it pumped out this little script Jen said yes the second Jen said yes then we're doing it and so I don't I, I don't have a my only good answer on that is money really mm-hmm. um and, and access to be able to like blow it up into a feature
2: if she wrote more I hands down I would be on board and we would crowdfund the hell out of it for sure
3: And we would represent
1: as well. Well, speaking of representation, bringing it back to the Coven Festival, is this your first time being at a female directors only? And if so, do you feel a difference? You've been to festivals before.
2: Uh, with Blue Stocking, I don't believe it's female directors only. I believe they can have male directors, but it's uh, it's all about the Bechtel test. So you mm-hmm. have to have complex female protagonists who are not just talking about men and drinking coffee and like wishing they were a size two.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, that How was w- this morning's conversation. Oh, cool. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? So. <laughs> so um, so Blue Stocking, while it was almost exclusively female attended and almost exclusively female directors, I just love like the yes and onto it. Mm-hmm. I feel like
4: mm.
2: I feel like the way that um, in, in our panel, we uh, the introduction to our panel was from Kate Kaminsky the founder of Blue Stocking, mm. and Kate is like a second wave feminist, and I just feel like, I feel like truly the waves of it are coming up, and so Kate wanted to start this to ignite like, hey, why aren't we seeing women's stories? And then mm-hmm. now Melinda and uh, and Cameo are taking it up a notch. We want to see stories about women made by women in a safe space where you can be yourself and and, and want to encourage others to do the same.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you uh, have any thoughts on that, Lauren, on, on uh, being at a festival that's all female directors? It's really powerful.
3: It, it is. It's, uh, I go to a whole lot of like diversity events. I'm doing a documentary about sexism uh, from a director's point of view, kind of like a, a comedic take on that. Mm. And um, I, so I go, to, I go to so many of these events, and it's cool. It's community. Um, it's also the reality of what's happening, and it's very—at least—it's being talked about, and we are moving forward. Um, so, yes, I've been to a lot of these events, and I've actually just was at something called the Better Man Conference. Not to shout them out, but it was such an interesting mm-hmm. thing—educating men uh, from men about uh, about sexism. You know, like a dude bro talking to a dude bro is a lot different than us than yeah. us talking to a guy. Yeah. So, I do go to a lot of these events. I'm gonna—I'm uh, gonna like. <laughs> brown knows a little bit the coven this is absolutely we're halfway through but this is from the second we walked in this hotel this has absolutely been one of the top notch events that that we've been to why uh the <laughs> the attention to the filmmakers mm-hmm. the communication mm-hmm. the to and and the attention to detail um from the
2: and reason behind choosing what they've chosen from from ev- everything from the actual films the content to Everything that's represented. I mean, having the indigenous acknowledgement at the beginning of the fest, being here to acknowledge the Japanese population and, you know, in an area of the city that is probably otherwise ignored. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think giving energy, as Melinda said, and giving attention and resources, it's hugely helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. It's thoughtful. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know, right? And I mean, it's really—it's putting your money where your mouth is. We we could have been anywhere in the country and going going off of you know, uh, muscle memory of what usually happens. But I feel like this thoughtfulness, this time, this uh, just this intention to create peace for people um, and yeah, to acknowledge—it's it's
0: important. A safe, a safe space.
2: I
3: guess, I guess we'd say we'd recommend the Coven Film Festival <laughs> <laughs> at this point. It's, like, I think that might be safe, and we'll
1: probably see you next year.
2: Yes. <laughs> We've been working on some new stuff together. I was so gonna ask, what's coming up next? Um, we are, we are in development, in pre-pro on a short called The Register that uh, Jody and a gal named Marzi Hart have co-written, and Jody's gonna direct, and I'm gonna star in. And that's comedy. Also, I've written a couple of pilots, and uh, Jody directed one of them. We actually just finished the last cut last night. What? At the party? Or where was this? (laughs) In our hotel room at post-party, because my editor had gotten me an email, and so I was like... Like a jumping bean, waiting to open it, and I was like, "Buddy, we yeah. gotta go look at the cut." So um, that is that's gonna be ready very very soon, and that's super exciting.
0: Oh, and then where can everyone find you on the uh, internet?
2: On the internets. I would say I most abandoned my Facebook. so Good, good for you. I, <laughs> I totally ab- support you in that. <laughs> yeah. Most abandoned my Facebook. Having a difficult relationship with Twitter, but I'm there. <laughs> at Jen, Jen Ponton. Okay. P-O-N-T-O-N. And then I'm much more active on Instagram at Jen Ponton. And then my website is jenponton.com
3: nice i'm at uh my website is jody with a y laurenmiller.com and uh you can find me on all social at j l m direct because those are my initials and i direct <laughs> so <laughs> now i get it now I get it. yeah you guys yeah a, you you, and you and your guys quips. are really
1: smart <laughs> it's a smart table well, thank you so much for sitting down with us. We loved come on in. Now speaking to Manon Reaper, thank you so much for for coming on and sitting down with us. Yeah. We just watched you sit in on the panel, and wow, that was really powerful. How how was it for you?
5: Um, for me, so I've been on a. I this was my first panel ever. <laughs> so oh, I guess, uh, yeah. I mean, you never know. You, okay. Good well, job. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, but I have attended many panels, so I do know like how. Uh, usually like what goes on and how they take place and the structure and all that so and i felt that it was a really uh, very well moderated and uh, we, there were yeah. good questions and very interesting input from the panelists
0: can i just add? i thought it was interesting that they had labeled, and it's probably just one of those things where you label something because you're like this is what it's going to be but it was something way more than what it was because it was emerging filmmaker panel but i felt like it was um, more of a a conversation of the state of women in film right so um how do you feel about the conversation of <laughs> about women in film
5: um well i'm personally very closely involved with quite a few organizations that are the feminist film organizations. so i am a board member of women in media which is like uh promoting you know them mm-hmm. so they promote like uh the hiring of female crew specifically mm-hmm. so um well any part of like the crew in filmmaking and uh, i'm also a board member that the that sydney is a board member of as well sydney you oh yeah of film uh, film rev which is sort of like facilitating the conversation between all of the feminist movements within the media industry um, and you know it's uh, it's good to be talking about the topic sometimes i get a little bit like uh, Exhaustion, I guess of that uh, constantly talking about mm-hmm. it. I also feel like I want to just go ahead and do it, <laughs> you know, make the films do mm-hmm. the thing, and for it not to be a problem anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, we need to talk the, we need to talk about it th- so that we can, you know, improve things because there's even though, especially with among the women, Uh, we all know about it but sometimes it also feels like you're already like preaching to the converted right and and i feel like there's still a lack of awareness from certain parts of like the industry that they don't realize that this is happening and that it's an issue.
1: Well, and on that topic, I love how you brought up, and a lot of your work has to do with putting more female critics on the front lines and having their voices heard. So when you go to places like Rotten Tomatoes, which yeah. you're working directly with, it's going to be, it's gonna be uh, the ratings are going to express more of that 50-50 in terms of representation in critics. So, so can you talk about the work that you do with critics and putting more females on the front lines?
5: So, um, for instance, we have, uh, I always make a very strong point about, for instance, to Sundance, we had 75 of the critics that attended from filmmakery were female, so we had three of, uh, we went with four, three of us were women and one guy, and for South by Southwest last year we had two women, two guys, and I always make sure that they get the excess that they need, which to me is very important. we do get some pushback, specifically because we're still a little bit of a smaller magazine. Um, but I feel like people are hearing what we're doing at this point, and we have never very explicitly mentioned that we are a feminist platform. Like it's, but it's, it's. Uh, we just make really sure that this is always like an, something that we do without a doubt. Like there's always that representation factor that I find very important. And I want it to be really like a, um, oh, what's the word? <laughs> like, it shouldn't be an issue. So it's just gonna, you know, it's, it's gonna be that, and I don't need to mention it for it to be that way.
0: Nice. And I did not know that about Film Inquiry. Do you want to talk more to what Film Inquiry is doing and 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 who you are and yeah, so the growth.
5: Absolutely. So I founded Film Inquiry five years ago, mm-hmm. um, and I just came out of uh, a master's degree in criminology, in which I studied. What? Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah. There's a connection there. <laughs> so so yeah, then well, you'll just start a feminist film uh, sure. media
0: company, so, yeah.
5: Um, <laughs> I actually studied how we learn about law enforcement and punishment through dystopian science fiction films. So think about Minority Report and all those movies. So I studied film in, in that Oof. sphere, Oof. Okay. it was really fun. And I spent, like, six weeks straight, like, wit- watching 60 movies and, you know, like, and, and studying them in depth. And then I graduated It was like, this void, you know? Mm. What am I going to do now? So I started blogging, essentially. And uh, I started blogging from a more, like, academic point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, so going into the topic a lot deeper, which I think you know that's the whole purpose of film I believe is like to, to get people talking about difficult topics like law enforcement or like you know oh sorry uh, like um, rape or poverty or all that stuff like it is the medium that we have that will open up this discussion between people and I feel like with especially with our current uh, journalistic outlets that they mostly go for the Marvel films, they will go for the top ten Easter eggs of whatever, uh, but they don't really talk about these difficult kind of topics anymore. So that was what I was doing at the time, and that sort of, yeah, people like that apparently. Good. <laughs> and um, So... People joined up, and Arlen over there, like he's sitting behind us. Uh He uh, he is actually one of the writers, and we we never met before. So oh, (laughs) is he located in the city? In San Francisco. Francisco. Okay. So we have writers around the world now, which is another thing that I find very important. Is that we also get like people from India talking about Indian film, or uh, Australians write about Australian film, Mm -hmm. because often it is uh, American people that write about foreign film, even though they do not have that. They so don't have the voice. So not only the male gaze, there's also an American gaze. Oh, yeah. And I am Dutch, by the way. So I am, I am a foreigner and I've lived in a few countries. Um,
0: how did you even end up? Sorry. How did you end up in Houston? <laughs> I'm <God>. sorry. <laughs> I, I got that it's question. Just, okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry I, I asked mean, the obvious. like, uh, why Houston? Um, so Or just how? How did that journey happen? As a
5: foreigner, getting a visa is very hard. Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my husband's job is in Houston. So got that it. There it you all. go. Yeah. Yep. But let me tell you, I was in Australia before that and flying from Perth, which is where I live, to L.A. was about 30 hours travel time. Yeah. And now it's only three. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like
0: so much more happy. Yeah,
1: it's nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> Well, to bring it back to the Coven <coughs> Festival for a second, can you talk about a couple different shorts or filmmakers that people should be looking out for or be excited about?
5: Oh, yeah. Um, so, definitely uh, Bola Ulgun, who was on the, on the panel today. She was so well-spoken, and mm-hmm. I, I'm, I haven't seen her short yet, which mm-hmm. I really want to see. Mm-hmm. I think it's playing later today. Uh, but also uh, Sydney Yu mm-hmm. also on the panel mm-hmm. but I sci-fi. also sci-fi yes, yeah, your love I, for I, sci-fi I love <laughs> sci-fi obviously yes. yeah yeah um, and um, I really love the short um, One Small Step that played earlier today oh. yeah and we
0: loved that I short
5: Actually, I forgot that I was a judge on the Blue Stocking program.
6: Uh. (laughs) Well, things happen quickly. (laughs)
5: And some of the films that I saw and really loved didn't make it into the program, but that was one that I actually rated really highly at the time, so I was... That I made a contribution to that one. Yeah. Uh, but that's really beautiful. And the one also that I loved was with the conjoined twins. Um, oh, yeah. Which was hilarious, <laughs> It was like, so good. So fun. And I hadn't seen that one before. Like, that wasn't in, in the shorts that I judged. I'm trying so. to
1: remember what it was called. Yeah.
5: Oh, um, it was but called it was Rana and Donna. Yeah, Rana it was their name.
1: Donna, yeah, something like that. Really cool. fun. Yeah. And can you speak to the Covenant Festival and this being its first year and and oh, what I'm sets it apart? You you go all over <coughs> to all these different I've festivals. I've been to a
5: lot of festivals. I mean, I've been to smaller festivals. I have been to LA Film Fest, uh, the one of the final renditions, I suppose, because they stopped it. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I they didn't didn't know that After like twenty-seven years. They just cut it. Yeah,
0: Be- just because or well, funding.
5: I, I have a, an inkling, mm. <laughs> and that was that when I went in twenty seventeen uh during the press screenings i had the whole cinema to myself
0: interesting it was only me
3: that's like weird. literally
5: i was in, on my own in during press screenings huh. and i think that had a little bit to do about it with it mm-hmm. and also i think maybe programming i personally didn't find their their films very interesting mm-hmm. um and um as for the big festivals, like coven film fest is doing amazing like they are like, getting all these filmmakers here and they are paying for their lodging and their food and their flights. I mean, that is so rare. So rare. I mean, it's it's really amazing. And I think that with that, they are definitely sending a message to the rest of the industry to step it up.
1: And this... Is all of our first year at Coven, and so far, it's, like you said, it's been amazing. Yeah, I'm, yeah,
5: I've been so impressed, and I'm also sad that I'm missing part of the. <laughs> I know. Currently, so
0: I'm <laughs> gonna I'm gonna let you go, but where can everyone find Film Inquiry? So FilmInquiry.com.
5: That's uh, well, Film, I N Q U uh, I R Y.com.
0: Awesome.
1: We're back at the Coven Film Fest with Bola Ogun. Yes, did I say that correctly? Uh, Filmmaker extraordinaire of "Are We Good Parents?" We were dying (laughs) laughing, and and you were also a speaker on the panel. So we're so excited to have you on. Thank you for sitting down with us. It's a lot to say and a very little time to say it. So, um,
0: first of all, hot dad
7: yes right <laughs> let me get to the point I'm <laughs> you know I very enjoyable on the eyes <laughs> as a and filmmaker I was very worried about, like when when he said yes and he was cast I was like did I is he too pretty i don't i don't know no i say no the answer is no <laughs> no but like, thank he's, you. he's so awesome and yeah. he's like so cool and he's like very close to who he actually is like he's just super supportive mm-hmm. and uh, i was really happy to have them both in the film oh
1: their connection is
7: yeah they're it's there. great the you always cast people and you think you know how it's gonna go and you hope it gets either close to that or like something or maybe it goes like sometimes it doesn't work and i was just really like happy that the magic they created on set like pops on the screen too.
1: Right. And it, so it's called Are We Good Parents? But what I really loved about it was I'm not a parent, but I could relate to these thoughts that they were having. These are thoughts that we're having every day, everywhere we look, trying to be aware, but also trying not to think too much about it at the same time. Trying to be so aware, but also... No, it's totally cool. We're so... It's,
0: it's totally cool. fine. But yeah. did I fuck this up? Yeah. No, really. Did yeah. I fuck this
7: up? Right. Please tell me if did I, I fucked up. I just defend that person? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so that's where it came from is just, you know, what do you do with those feelings? I'm also not a parent and I created yeah, this I'm film. Not either. Yeah yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it speaks to a lot of things when single people, parents, like everybody tells me how much they love and relate to this film. And that's when, you know, like I fucking did exactly what I wanted to do. <laughs> that's yeah. what I wanted is for every, all those different types of people to understand that it was OK. I, and I was very conscious of like making a film that was LGBT, LGBTQ positive without it being this dreary drama, like not to take away from the films that had those serious like tones. But I wanted to talk about it in a fun and like chewable progressive way yeah (laughs) well you did just that
0: um let's switch to the panel that you're on earlier yeah yeah. which was titled emerging filmmakers but i was like it was so much more than that (laughs) um what what were your key takeaways from that panel and then you know tell our audience a little bit about your involvement in in hollywood right now
7: Yeah, uh, my takeaway was just it was a lot more positive than I feel like those panels typically Mm. go. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like a lot of times you can go to those panels and you either feel like you're just preaching to the choir or you sort of just come out feeling more depressed about how, you know, the outlook of yourself as a filmmaker is. Um, And my involvement with how I try to help emerging filmmakers like myself is I just try to give back. I try to teach a shadowing class. I try to advocate for people in the programs that I've been a part of. Um, I try to be vocal about what I think is working, what I think is not working and make sure that I pull up other people behind me because we can't be an ecosystem that succeeds unless we do that.
1: Yeah, I love that. We were at a panel at Sundance and Kira Sedgwick said something along those lines as like, if you're a woman in Hollywood and you have some sort of clout and you're not using that to pull other women up, then you're fucking up, essentially. And the work that you do is so important and you're so passionate about it. It's
7: easy to to be inspired by that thanks i'm glad like i just because i just want it's exactly that they like with kira said i just and i'm so passionate about it somebody earlier they said be the person that you needed when you were a kid and i realized that's where the passion comes is like i'm so passionate about it because i didn't have anybody to like help or fight for me um so i'm just very aware of that and i just want to i want to be that person that i needed so
0: uh, Bola, I want you to go eat. Yeah. Because it's
7: very important on <laughs> festival days to eat. Nutrition's Yeah, you need good. it.
0: But where can people find you on all the internets?
7: Uh, they can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at OneBolaFun. It's one spelled out, O-N-E-B-O-L-A-F-U-N. And I also have a website, uh, Bola Ogin Films, and you can hit me up on that.
0: And is there anything else you want to promote that's upcoming? or? Um,
7: I didn't even mention in that last thing, I have this short film called Hangry that'll oh, c- probably come out perfect. sometime at the end. Topical. <laughs> Are you in our heads? You've read our journals or something. It's great. <laughs> Very yeah. topical. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So it's very of now. It's, very, it's like it's sort of a thriller. It's a um, southern gothic thriller. So Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we love you. You're
1: such a badass. Thank you for sitting down with us. Yeah. We are now with Miss Foster Wilson, director of Platypus, which I think collectively we were, it was so fun to watch. Oh, thank you so much.
0: Wasn't sure what we were getting into. And I really, really enjoyed that. Oh. I enjoyed the mystery of it. Yes. I like I to enjoy. keep it fresh. Um, well, <laughs> yes. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the film and introduce it to our audience? Since yeah. Since they haven't seen it yet? Uh, yeah. So uh, my
8: writer like to call it a baking BDSM. Um, it's uh, it's uh, two, a, a mysterious woman and a naked man in, locked in a room. Um, and uh, she is a powerful woman who is uh, torturing him uh, to get some truth out of him. And uh, over the course of the film, we sort of figure out why and what their relationship really is. But there's a lot of tricks and twists and turns
1: to get there.
0: And and, and why did this film attract you? Um, what attracted
1: you to this film? Uh, what attracted us to it, yeah. but we want to hear from you.
0: Um, this
8: film is very dark. It is, uh, it is very sexy and then very weird and, and quirky as well. Um, which is what I love. I love uh, really good writing. Um, The the dialogue in this just blew me away. When I read it, it was about 10 pages, and I think it felt like 30 seconds when I read it. It's such a ride. Um, And I could see it so visually when I first read the script. Um, I I, uh, came to this... Uh, film um, and was hired to direct it, and, and I was basically like, please let me direct this. I see it so clearly in my mind, I see the colors, I see the smoke, and, and it was very well, well written descriptively that it just came to life before my very eyes, so I just had to put the team together to make it happen.
0: And I was gonna ask you about the lighting and the smoke mm. and just kind of that technique and, and
8: why. Yeah, well, um, I have an amazing, amazing DP. Her name is Catherine White. Um, this was our first collaboration. We just finished our fifth project together. So she is my um, go-to girl. She's an incredible eye. Um, she came up as a gaffer. So lighting is really her strong suit. Um, and we talked a lot about the colors in this being, um, they're trapped in an in a industrial kitchen. Uh, the mysterious woman is a baker, um, and so there's a lot of steel, a lot of elements of blue. Um, she's smoking a cigarette at the top, so there's a lot of smoke, but of course we also had a fog machine to try to add to the mysterious element, and also set the scene for these two. It's a it's a, it's a, sexy romp that they, this role-playing thing that they do often. Um, and so uh, so I just really wanted to add to that mystery and, and add that smoky element to it. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think you do a good job of, uh, if you've never attempted this sort of thing, to kind of make it look real interesting, and maybe I need to try it. <laughs> oh, so
8: thank you. I don't know if
1: that was a point for you, but um, it was like, like <laughs> I see it. I see why.
8: Yeah. Um, it, you know, uh, <laughs> there's
1: a line. Uh, it's been a little while since
8: I've seen it, so it was really fun to see it again tonight. Um, there's a line where she's saying. Uh, uh, covered in in cum and sweat and cream and frost, and it's like it's so crazy. Um, but I I, I love that element of it because we didn't know what we were what we were watching. Are we watching something yes. real and something sexy, yeah, yeah, yeah. or are we watching? And I'm also a so hungry, hungry a joke. at the same time. I, I like all of it. I, yeah. yeah, all the feelings. I want
0: ganache. <laughs> I want raspberries.
8: But there's something sexy about that, and why? And then, yeah. Yeah, So, um, but you know, we had a lot of discussion with the two actors, um, the 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 male actors, the writer, producer, and they both helped produce this. and uh, we had a lot of discussion in rehearsals about what these metaphors mean, because there's a lot of metaphors in this about baking and chocolate versus vanilla and the safe <laughs> choice versus the the risky choice and all of that. So um, those conversations, were, were they really were layers to peel off and try to get to the heart of who these guys are. Why are they in this room? Why did he come to see her on this, we find out, yeah. um, this, this very important day? So, And I love that your
0: actor wrote this, the male oh, actor wrote wrote this. <laughs> How? Why? What was his inspiration? Gosh, you
8: know, you know um, <laughs> I think he just, I, I I don't know. He said to me that uh, he, he wrote this and, and he would put himself in that role because he didn't want to have to do that to anybody else. <laughs> he is naked, tied to a chair with a, a mixing bowl between his legs for the entire film. Um, and that is not something you, you really want to wish on anybody else. Um uh, Julianne Dowler, who plays uh, the mysterious woman who also produced it, you know, we had talked about, we actually had casting. We always loved her in this role. We also had casting outside of this role because we were trying to, outside of her, to really, um, we, there's this element of mystery and intrigue to her, and we wanted uh, uh, to cast someone of diversity in that role. Um, we're very aware that mm-hmm. he's very aware that he's a um White male writer, <laughs> yeah. um, and that we were we were primarily primarily casting to white people in this role, and so we were we were aware of that. We were all conscious of that, and we never found the right person for this part. And then when she came in and auditioned, even though we all knew that, that she could play this part, it kind of it kind of sank in, and 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 we. I love her in this part She's, she's wonderful um, But you know It's something we, we did talk about And we did um, We did really Cast a, a pretty wide net um, And this is This is where
0: we are And we're so happy with it yeah. I appreciate the thoughtfulness But also It's okay to be white yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay It's okay We can say that um <laughs> foster you talked about it uh, at the q a really yeah. briefly but you have a lot coming up do you want to yeah. talk about any of those yeah. projects
8: sure absolutely um i have a film that i uh, shot last year that's my um my husband who's a my writer and producing partner um wrote and we we won the um uh, Emergence Award for female filmmakers, which is how we got that film off the ground. It's called Made Public. Um, it's a comedy, it stars Janine Mason, who is uh, from Grey's Anatomy and currently stars in Roswell, New Mexico, um, hmm. and uh, Josh Zuckerman. And so that film is uh, a true and true comedy with a lot of uh, steadicam cam one shots. takes place at a wedding. And um, we're premiering the film at Cinequest in right. about a month. Okay. Um, and then we're going on to play at Cleveland and Florida Film Festival and a bunch of other festivals coming up and it's at the beginning of our run. We're very, very excited about about it. Um, uh, we also just signed with Fourth Wall Management about a couple months ago, and so we're in development on our feature film called Living Will, um, which is a, a very dark comedy, which is kind of where I like to live. Um, uh, <laughs> There's a theme here. I like good writing, and I like comedy, uh, and I like it to be very dark and dry. So um, that that film's in development right now. So so we're traveling and developing.
1: Well, Foster, thank you so much for talking with us. We will never look at dessert the same way again. And, uh, we shouldn't. And we look forward to seeing what you do next. Thank you guys thank you. so much.
0: We are still here at the Kevin Film Fest. And uh, we just got approached by a filmmaker named Anna Hoover. And we're going to talk about her film. How are you? Welcome to Bitch Talk. Thank you. Yeah. Nice to be here. How's your day been? How's your film fest
9: been? It's been rad. Yeah? It's a long day, but it's a good one. It is a good one. Um can you tell us a little bit about your film sure Um, my film was filmed in rural Alaska um, off the road system 300 miles southwest of Anchorage sure (laughs) of course it was yeah it wasn't good we know it well yeah (laughs) and um, out where we live there aren't any roads so air travel is the common way to get around and um, so bush pilots are very common in our communities and so in my film there's a female bush pilot which is great good representation yeah thank you
0: (laughs) and um what drew i was gonna ask you what drew you to the coven film fest or did they find you
9: you know i was um, one night in my rural village i was just flipping through film freeway online and um just decided to apply to a bunch of fests and this was one of them so wow so are you born and raised there you know, I've spent all my summers out in this area. It's mm-hmm. called Bristol Bay. Um, but I grew up going to school and went to college and stuff in the Seattle area.
1: Okay, and so you always were drawn back to this place and you knew
9: you wanted to tell a story about it? or Yeah, you know, I live there full-time now and... I have a daughter and a husband, and um, we fish commercially in the region, which is why I was there every summer. Mm. Mm
0: -hmm. I like that you walked up, and you're like, yeah, I have this film, and did you see it at 3 o'clock, and we're like, no, and then now you're a commercial fisher person, and live in the pilot, And a pilot. Okay.
9: (laughs) You're a pilot? yeah you know in order to get to our summer fish camp you have to fly and um, my husband's a pilot and I just started learning how and decided to go after it took me about a year start to finish of felt like getting another master's degree there's just a lot to learn but um, it's very useful in our area I think I've always been
0: I don't I shouldn't say that I'm not interested in flying myself but I don't understand how you even how do you even start to be a pilot into the wind (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but like the first day you're not sitting behind the steering wheel or whatever.
9: Sure, the, you whatever can. it's called.
0: Yeah, the yoke. Um, <laughs> See, I don't even know what it's called.
9: Steering wheel. But no, there's two um, steering consoles. So the pilot in command would be in the left seat. And then there's a right seat that has foot pedals for steering and, and a, a yoke. So you can you can uh, be midair and be steering the plane and practicing that just to give it a go. So if you, you ever want to try, just come on up. <laughs>
1: I want to go to Alaska. Yes, I'm yes, down. Alaska, I want to try Alaska. Yes, I don't know about being behind a yoke. I've never been fishing either. So can we do that too? <laughs> you bet. No, but you said learning to fly was like getting another master's. What do you have your master's in? Is it anything having to do with filmmaking or how did that? Yeah, come about? I do have
9: a master's in communication from the University of Washington in documentary film.
1: Oh, okay. And
0: okay. then I
9: have another in art history.
0: She keeps adding one new thing. She's like, I'm also running for president next year. I'm officially announcing right now. (laughs) You should, though. (laughs) We always think we're busy, and then we talk to people like you, and we're like, oh, well, we're really not doing anything. (laughs) So uh, where can people find you in your film on the internet?
9: You know, I was interviewed for We Are Moving Stories. Um, This recent short fiction film is profiled on there called The Last Walk. Um, I have a website. Yes. Yes. Um, AnnaHoover.net. Okay. And, and are you working on anything new? A new doc or? Yeah. So I mostly do documentaries. This is my first fiction piece, and I have a 25-minute doc that's nearly finished, which is exciting. And I've spent been, been five years collecting footage and working on that. Wow.
1: Yeah. Five, the five-year plan. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we could talk to you about that. We're also trying to finish a documentary. We're past five years.
1: Uh, so, uh, really quickly, are you one of the filmmakers that they
9: uh, sent, that Coven has sent out here? And yeah, I'm up for our best director, but I'm in such great company that I'm just happy to be um, here.
1: And and how does it feel to have... I mean, we we feel like, for us, that Coven has just been so supportive and taken care of us. But, I mean, have you ever been to a festival that's taken such good care of you like this?
9: You know, in different you, ways. You probably have. I <laughs> mean, given your In history. different ways. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is... I feel kind of like an instant community. I mean, it's really, it's been really just um, food for the soul kind of to be here. Mm -hmm. Um, But my film was supported by the International Sami Film Institute in Norway. And they are also incredible hosts and hostesses. Anna, you're a delight. Thank Thank you you for walking up to us. But so my my native heritage comes from the Aleutian Islands. The common name is Aleut, but our tribal name for ourselves is Unangan or Unangach.
1: What? Oh <laughs> my God. We I love we were, we were talking about how nice it was to have that uh, Native American presence yeah. and, and respect at the beginning of the day and... Yeah, Tracy's I th- amazing. I feel like I'm everything, it was too. just this, this festival was just all encompassing, like, like you said, food for the soul. So yeah, it's been a successful day. Absolutely. And good luck uh, up for best director.
9: Hey, you know, I really, I, j- I don't expect that, but I, like I say, it's just an honor to be in this great company. It'd be nice on the resume when you run for
0: president next year so you can just best director all of the things. <laughs> thank you so much for being on Bitch Talk, Anna. We'll Cheers. see you at the next We'll see you at the next uh, Coven Film Fest.
9: Awesome.
1: Hoover 2020. <laughs> we are back at the Coven Film Fest with Sydney Hugh, director of Ovum, as well as one of the speakers at the panel that we went to earlier. So thank you for sitting down with us, Sydney. Thank you for having me. And we also met you last night at the... At the little happy hour that was that the mixer that was going on. So we're old friends at this point.
6: Yep, pretty much. Best <laughs> You're
1: still wearing those awesome
6: earrings. Yeah.
1: Oops. If they disappear by the end of the night, it wasn't us. Yeah.
6: <laughs> for those of you listening, they're 3D printed earrings that are nested within each other. They're like an optical illusion <laughs> in real life.
1: <laughs> right, <Yeah>. exactly.
6: <laughs> so uh,
1: I want to start off with the panel. Thank you so much for everything that you had to say and for being so passionate about how we as women filmmakers really need to support each other and create a space for each other just to meet. And 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 I love how you said all we need is a, s- a space to do so and we we take it from there.
6: Yeah. Yeah, it was I mean to be honest, I fell into it by accident. It was really just like a very selfish need of mine to want to meet other women filmmakers and it was not happening through the traditional filmmaking systems, right? Like I was working in commercials. I was at a production company that barely hired any women. And so when I was whenever I was on set, I was like, "Oh, it's just me and one other person, maybe, if I'm lucky. And I was like, if I keep going at this pace, I am never going to get to meet all the women that I want. So I was like, okay, let me just invite them while I still have this office and access to the space after work. And it just turned out, like, to work out so well for me. Like, the uh, women that I I met at the very first meetup, I still work with today. Like, that's how fruitful it was for me. So, like, I tell everyone, I'm like, yes, I have this nonprofit, but to be honest, it's really, like it's more for my benefit because I get to meet so many amazing women and the joy that comes out of seeing like them collaborate and talking to each other. Um, You should see the conversations that we are constantly having on our online community. Like it's very frank, open discussions about rates, like how people should charge, uh, mental health uh, warnings. Like we're really just supportive of each other. And it feels like sort of like a giant circle, you know, like of people you can turn to. Um, We have a lot of emerging filmmakers who are just starting out who talk about those hard questions of like, what do you guys do to, make it because i don't think we talk about that kind of stuff enough it's all like under this veil where we're like you don't know what goes what goes on and so therefore you can't replicate it and i'm like no i think knowledge is power like the more we share the more we're empowering other people and the more it will help you
0: and uh i I like how you just said oh this was selfish of me and i just wanted it for myself but you 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 you're empowering um women in film that's not selfish And also, you were looking around the room, and you saw not only just a woman, but a woman of color in production. Can you talk a little bit about that and and that kind of
6: life that you've had? Uh, Yeah, I mean, for me, I think just being who I am, a Chinese-American, you know, a daughter of immigrants, like, I just don't really know any other way to be. And so it was just very natural for me to have and support and uplift other women of color. Like, it just wasn't even a thought. And it was only when I started going into other circles, I realized like, oh, actually, this is not the norm. And I was actually quite surprised by that. So uh, we really pride ourselves in trying to include like everyone and to uplift like actually a lot of people come to our community and realize how supportive it is for WOC and POC in a way that it is generally not in the outside world and I'm just very glad that we can create that space for them because that's what I would want
1: as a as a first generation, what do your parents think of your career choices? Are they supportive? <laughs> do they understand?
6: Um, so they're kind of split. My mom is super supportive and thinks I'm going to win an Oscar like next year, which is <laughs> totally unrealistic. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> and then my dad is like, what are you doing with your life? You should go to law school. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, so 50 you, 50.
0: did you study film? Yes, I you did. did. I went to mm-hmm. NYU for film. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so your dad knew,
6: though.
3: Yeah, but he <laughs> still not,
6: thinks... You know, I could go be a doctor or a lawyer, right? Like the traditional, (laughs) you know, Chinese-American model where I'm like, actually, no, they're not doing so well these days.
0: Right, (laughs) yeah. Film might be the the way to go, maybe. Well, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) If you want to make money, I don't know if you
6: should be working in film, necessarily.
1: (laughs) Well, and that was another powerful thing that you said during the panel was... um, these women that are getting recognized with grants or, or whatever it is, they're typically women that are in the middle of their career. These mm-hmm. aren't emerging filmmakers. So, what advice would you have for emerging female filmmakers to? be heard or get some help out there Uh,
6: I think my biggest advice and I know it's super cliche to say this but is to go out and make the work because when you do the work and you make your projects and tell your stories uh, you will bring together a community of people who identify with you and create that community I think very importantly just make your work and create and find your community go out reach out to people you would be so surprised at how willing people are to help you if you just ask for it but they won't know if you don't ask right like I think a lot of us we're in our own heads a lot so we just think that like the world just knows exactly what we want and everybody knows what's going on inside our head yep and that's not true like you have to really put yourself out there and not be afraid to ask for the things that you need and the things that you want I'm not saying you're going to get them but you have to put it forth out there for so that people can acknowledge it and then maybe help you if they can
0: Sydney, what are you working on now? What do you want to talk
6: about and like promote? Uh, Oh, so I'm here with Ovum, a short film that I made. We haven't even talked about Um, that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we haven't even
6: gotten to that. No, no, all good. good. I totally forgot about that. You've been doing so much, so. No, no, no. Um, It's, um, yeah, I'm actually, I've turned Ovum into a future. And it's an expanded world on, yeah, I don't want to give anything away, but Mm. if you know anything about my short, it's a mini Black Mirror episode on Mm -hmm. VR and abortion. And so the feature just takes that to the next level and shows you what the world is like for women of color in 2040 and in America that hasn't really progressed that much. Kind of like where we are today. I was going to say, I don't think that's 2040.
0: That's like, I hope, I hope it's not the next few years, but it feels like now. Yeah, could be now.
6: Yeah. Something that I really like about the setting of this film, because I'm always about exploring like potential futures and what where women will be like, what society will be like. Um, You know, there's obviously a lot of themes of climate change in my movies because that's undeniable. Um, But in this world, it's um, it's sort of a mirror to our world where we've talked a lot about feminism and progress and no real progress has really been made in the past 20 years since the 90s right that the wave of feminism and so i was like well what if this continues what if like sort of there's all talk but no action and it continues for another two decades like what would that be like would women still be dealing with very similar issues and their reproductive rights and their personal choices and their health and you know their relationships um so that's what this film explores
0: and let's be honest, your family is gorgeous. <laughs> Every <laughs> version. I know it's the same mom and dad, but holy cow. Each child
1: or a teen or whatever looked like it was their kid. Yeah. Where are, was, are these people?
6: Um, <laughs> they're beautiful. I actually <laughs> casted the film. Well, they're, the reason they're so gorgeous is because they actually reflect our future, like a multicultural America. Like, that's how I like for me I'm like of course the future is gonna look like this we're all gonna be Brazilians right (laughs) like yes please yeah (laughs) that's what I'm sure she's waiting for that rock a bathing suit (laughs)
0: jeez,
1: like Brazilians do
6: (laughs) anyway sorry yeah they're all just gonna be like beautiful like Amazonian supermodels right (laughs) um but anyways in my film um I knew I wanted to have a multicultural family and I casted the parents first and then from there I casted all the other ages to be honest like my biggest and you'll see if you watch the film like obviously there's one missing link (laughs) in the whole chain of events but that was that was just budget and timing like I worked so hard to find a a, an infant of color and (laughs) I could not do it in time unfortunately so I just had to go with the next best I just tell people I'm like it's a glitch in the matrix (laughs)
9: <laughs> the, yeah the i was still just
6: trying to work it, it out you it's, know? yeah that's like, fine i believe it's, ca- it. it's calibrating he it did know? not distract me at all oh great. good okay great. Really good. yeah 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 i was like it was literally to the point where i was going around my neighborhood looking in people's strollers <laughs> i was so not creepy. creepy not creepy at all right you're like yeah Ooh. and i would give him my business card to be like you know, making a film like and of course, no one calls me back. I wonder why, but I, I wish we
1: would have known you sooner. I would have played the role of the baby.
6: Oh, yeah. I'm always trying to get in, you know, get my face
1: <laughs> up there. Yeah, it could have been really just, like, plastered your just face. Not just a pretty just voice, CGI. okay?
6: <laughs> CGI. CGI your face <laughs> on the baby. <laughs> it's like those medieval paintings where they all just have like little baby bodies, but like <laughs> like the face but of old. like an 80 year old, and you're like, what? This perfect. is so disturbing. perfect. Hey, what are you saying? Here? <laughs> no, hey. You know what I mean? I'm just exa- it's, exaggerating. It's just- <laughs>
0: You, you know us too well. <laughs> that totally fit. Uh, Sydney, where can people find you on the internet?
6: Uh, they can find me on my website, sidhue or com. That's C-I-D-H-U-E.com. That's also my handle on all the grams and whatever <laughs> channel you subscribe to. <laughs>
1: Well, you're awesome. Thank you so much for sitting down with us. It's been a great day.
6: Thank you, ladies. Yeah. You guys are bitching. <laughs> well, we
1: try. We are here with Elaine Del Valle, director of Me 3.769, which we just watched in the theater and we've got all the feels.
0: <clears throat> yes. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Ange. Um, this is a very personal film for you. Mm-hmm. A very personal short. Can you um, tell our audience a little bit about what the film is is about?
4: Yes, so the film is inspired by True Events, and it's about a little girl who's coming of age and is very excited to have finally hit puberty, and she's looking forward to her maturing body. And um, there is a point in, in the film where that joy is sort of smothered by an inappropriate uh, conduct of someone that she thought that she should have trusted and so that's what the film is about and it really uh, reflects at the end of the film uh, really reflects what I think is happening in our movement of the Me Too movement where women are uh, finding urgency to, to protect the women coming up after them and so that's what happens in the film and and uh, Yes, so that's the film. <laughs> Do you feel like
0: you couldn't have made this film any earlier than now because of the whole movement about me too, and people being a little more vocal about? No,
4: okay. No, I don't feel that way. Although it would seem like is, this is really a part of the movement, but um, I had um, I come from an acting background. I studied acting at Carnegie Hall under the legendary Win Handman, and um, it was in his studios where I was, you know, studying professional scene study that I I really found the true lacking of stories for women of color. And everything that I was working on was something that I would not be hired for and or even seen for. And so I felt like, yeah, let me just write something that I feel like is going to reflect my true experience as a Latina woman. and um, And so I started writing what ended up becoming a multiple award-winning hit critically acclaimed off-Broadway play called Brownsville Bread. It was a one-woman play, and um, I ran it for years, and people were very touched by the play. And it was um, in it. It wasn't about uh, sexual misconduct or abuse or anything like that. It was really a story about a girl coming out of this or living and surviving in this uh, neighborhood, where her family was really her safe haven, and then she comes to find out that her amazing, talented, wonderful father that everyone loves is actually a functioning heroin addict, and so that's where the really the the story really takes off from there. And so I've been telling very personal stories for a very long time now, and um, in that particular play, there were there was. Two moments that that have like this Me Too thing going on. So since 2009, and um, and I, it always hit me where there, there's a part in the in the play and in real life that when I went to Jones Beach Public Pool on Long Island as a kid, um, I was very excited to be in the pool, very excited to be wearing this beautiful bathing suit, mm-hmm. looking at beautiful people, and just happy to be at a beach because poor people don't have cars, don't go to beaches, and we were lucky enough to get a ride from one of my aunts. (laughs) It's a long story, but uh, then the play its really told very funny and beautifully, uh, the excitement of that. And then she's inappropriately touched by a stranger. And the play afterward, even though the play is about the, the daughter, the father coming out of Brownsville, and that's a very short scene, I found people from all ages, all walks of life, coming to me and saying, That happened to me. And I never said anything. And these are like 70, 60 year old, 50 year old women who came to me and told me that. Now, they don't know me. I'm a stranger. But they felt that they could tell me. And that was because they saw what I confided in them. And so. I knew the power of the movement before it was a movement mm-hmm. and I understood it in a very deep and personal way because of of those of that interaction that I was able to have for years with my audience and it every show there was always someone every single show and it's it's especially great To have something like that happen as a person of color telling this story about a poor Latina girl and, you know, people who are who grow up in different environments, they can't imagine that you can relate to them and them to you. So it sort of bridged the just created a nice, beautiful bridge where people can understand like we're all we all have these things happen to us and the story can be so specific and yet it's so universal the more specific you are in your story the more universal it becomes to the world mm-hmm. and so um so i could have told the story, the story then mm-hmm. i i wasn't a, a a good enough filmmaker to tell it in this way and so i'm glad that it came when it came to me and and i've been working on adapting my one woman play into a feature and in doing so i've been you know i want to be a better director so i want to direct more shorts and uh and this was me just directing another short and so i'm very happy to have adapted at least the characters even though the film takes place in miami because i i most i live in miami now um as well as in new york um but i wanted to um just, I just wanted to make a film in Miami and make something that really represented the characters that were already existing in the play and in my life. Ooh, wow, that's so powerful. Thank you. I think that that's been a commonality
1: throughout the day. Is if you don't see yourself represented, then write it yourself. If you're not getting hired, then create the job yourself. And that's that's been a really powerful statement from basically everyone that we've spoken to. Um, I wanted to talk about the young girl in your short, and Samantha how, Lopez, is so actress. talented and. Um, how it was directing her, and how how can you even comprehend the feelings and the complicatedness of the story to a young girl like that? And you said there was also a very beautiful moment in the filming that I would also love for you to share with our
4: listeners. So that particular girl is just on fire. She's got some personality and I, I, it's, it's, I can't even tell you how chatty Kathy she is. And she's like, <laughs> la, 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 <laughs> la, And she just keeps talking and she calls me all the time. Hey, Elaine, I just want you to know I'm in LA. i site with a manager, like you told me. She's wow, good so, for her. She's so wonderful mm-hmm. and easy to direct. And she listens. And she really has um, an innocence about her. But she is so smart. And she was just really able to jump on the story. She understood it. Um, I had my first film. I, I worked with a six-year-old Afro-Latina, and she was amazing. And I gave her, you know, to to get her to a certain point, I, I told her that she had to... Um, you know, think about a time that she was very sad and and she started to cry. And I said, what are you thinking about? And she said, well, my sister went away to college. So oh. that particular child, Elon Jamie Jenkins, she's amazing as well. She um, and that's from my film is called Final Decision. You could see it on Amazon Prime. Um, so that's my first short film. Uh, so so with that child, I had to direct her in that way with Sam. I kind of had to calm her down every step of the way <laughs> because she's such an excited young actress. And she's like, I'm ready. I'm born ready. I'm, yeah, oh, this. yeah, my mommy and my daddy, they read this to me. We went over it. Oh, this is, this is great that we're going to do this film. I can't wait. I'm going to be the star, right? <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> she was just so wonderful. And, um, and some, at some point of the film, she said to me, I'm so sorry that this happened to you. And I said, we're making this film so that it doesn't happen to anyone else. And uh, she's just uh, directing that child with her. And because of the emotional truth of that particular, I couldn't ask her to jump into that scenario. I didn't think it was right. It wasn't something that I wanted to do. And I think um, for me as a director, especially coming from an acting background and watching, you know, Wynne Hanman, the legend, teach or craft and make better and and get get amazing actors working professional actors to different points and scenes by way of different methodologies watching him do that for three years that i studied under him um i really took a page from him and so i feel like every actor is different whatever that actor needs and with this with with this particular child um because there were extreme close-ups in it I I would direct her movements even. And I think with some kids you should do that. Even with some actors <laughs> you should do that. Mm-hmm. You know, direct their movements because they're not conscious of what's going on on the on on the on the monitor. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm glued to the monitor. I see every flinch because mm-hmm. I know how that affects a film. Mm-hmm. So that's how I directed her a lot.
0: I want to just say thank you one more time. I don't know if we said that earlier in this uh, interview or you just said it, but thank you for sharing the story and being honest. Um, Where can people find you on the internet?
4: At Elaine Del Valle Productions is my Instagram. Uh, Del Valle Casting and Productions on Facebook or just Elaine Del Valle. And uh, on the internet, delvalleproductions.com. I own a production and casting studio. So when I'm not making my own films, I'm producing and casting for other people.
0: Wow. And then uh, where else will this uh, film be shown?
4: Um, I will be at the Miami Film Festival in early March. And then I'll be, I'm, I'm actually in the IMDb competition of that uh, film festival so that's really exciting and it's the Miami premiere and I shot it in Miami right so I'm really excited about that um, and then I also just got into Phoenix Film Festival and um, Chicago Latino Film Festival we just really started on the festival oh, circuit got it. okay yes yeah, so we've been in um, we've gotten accepted to 13 or 14 festivals so far so I'm That's excited. saying something yeah I just want to actually Uh, Maybe I'm not allowed to say it yet, but I will say it. Okay. (laughs) Um, uh, We just got picked up by HBO. So you'll be able to see this in August on HBO. Yeah. On the HBO Go platforms. So I'm really excited about that. Yes. Amazing.
0: Well, thank you for coming over and seeking us out. Thank you so much. It's been great to have you on the show. Appreciate you being here. Of course. Thank you. Yes.
4: Thank you.
1: Wow. It's been a day. Yeah. How do we even cap that? I don't I have know. So many thoughts in my it, head. It's our, uh, it's the
0: first in- inaugural Kevin um, Film Fest in San Francisco in Japantown. And it's been a full day. And again, uh, a big shout out to a friend of the show now, Melinda Fox. She hasn't even been on the show yet, but <laughs> she friend Soon of the show. Come. But thank you uh, to her and the rest of the uh, Kevin Film Festival ladies for having
1: us here. It's been a great day. And um, there's so many more people that we wanted to talk to and could have talked to. And hopefully these interviews will be coming soon. This was a very, uh, a festival full of very incredibly interesting, inspirational, badass women. Felt yeah. really good to be a part of. Yeah. And then there's us.
0: <laughs> We're just here. Sitting in the corner. Chatting. Eating, eating <laughs> chatting, drinking lots of coffee. Um, Uh, Enjoying the uh, warm seats in the bathroom at the
1: New People Cinema. Oh my God. Why didn't you? You've been to this theater before. You didn't tell me there were heated seats with a bidet. I forgot. I'll never forgive you. So anyway, (laughs) I can't wait to go back. I don't have to use the bathroom, but I'm just going to sit on the toilet and get a little spray.
0: Yeah, I'm going to get a little spritzer. So thanks again to Kevin Film Festival. Thank you so much for having us and all the wonderful filmmakers we got to speak with today. Um, it's been great, and I hope that all of these films um, have more eyes on them, mm-hmm.
1: which it sounds like they do. And everybody that we talk to has five upcoming projects, so these right. are not names that are going away. Right. And we're excited to follow all these new filmmakers, and yeah, I yeah. Got a lot to.
0: <laughs> it's been a lot, but um, don't forget if you want to find out more about us find more episodes find our socials it's bitch talk that's bitch talk and uh we will see you uh next time
4: bitch please